are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Well, tonight, I'd like you to take your Bibles, and if you would turn with me to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations. I enjoyed this morning. I got home, I was getting ready to tell you, got home, and she said, you preached 20 minutes. Well, we sort of figured it out. It was maybe 25. I can't see the clock over there, the clock tower. And um, I didn't want to do this. That always gives people the idea to look. So I thought I preached a long time. And it was 1120. The afternoons are too long. I can't wait till we get Sunday school, Sunday morning, choir practice, Sunday night, and the whole nine yards. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be a blessing. Tonight, I am going to read the scripture. We're in Lamentations. It follows Jeremiah, and it's Jeremiah that's writing. And then after I read, we're going to have Brother Bertram lead us in prayer. Is it this microphone that's catching the wind, or is it this one? This one? You want me to stay on this one right here? Okay, we're good. All right, good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lamentations 5, and the book of Lamentations, the root word is to lament. It's a book of sorrow. It's a book of sadness. God's people had fallen under the judgment hand of God. Nations invaded them. It's not the way God intended for Israel to live, but it happened. Jeremiah preached for 41 years. And after 41 years, there was no success. They didn't turn back to God. Instead, they went to bondage. And tonight, I, I truly believe, I, I, I'm not making light of this virus. I truly believe God has sent it for a blessing in our lives. It doesn't mean that we don't worry, we're not sad and hard, sad-hearted for the people that have passed away in the families. I just think any kind of death would be very sad of any person. But to think that God has, I think, stirred Americans, I, think, I don't think they're ready to surrender America yet. I still believe they love America. And I don't believe God's people are willing to surrender it. I think there's more determination. Let's get back and let's do more than ever. I know our answer is not in voting and all that, but I've already commissioned and tomorrow we'll talk about it. One of the men on our staff, Brother Everson, is going to make sure that we get every single person registered to vote. And we're going to make sure every college student, we do this every year. And we're going to check with every, every church in California, get everybody. I'm not going to tell them how to vote. I just think everybody ought to vote. And there are some people that we have figured out we need to vote out. And you can figure that out. All God's people said, yeah. Will you bear with me as I read tonight this great text? In light of the virus, in light of the judgment we face, chapter 5, Lamentations. Remember, O Lord, what has come upon us. Consider and behold our reproach. Our inheritance is turned to strangers, 
our houses to aliens. We are orphans and fatherless. Our mothers are as widows. We have drunken our water for money. Our wood is sold unto us. Our necks are under persecution. We labor and have no rest. We have given the hand to the Egyptians and to the Assyrians to be satisfied with bread. Our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. Servants have ruled over us, and there is none that doth deliver us out of their hand. We get our bread with peril of our lives because the sword of the wilderness. Our skin was black like an oven because of the terrible famine. They ravished the women in Zion, the maids in the city of Judah. Princes are hanged up by their hand. The faces of the elder were not honored. They took the young men to grind and the children fell into the wood. The elders have ceased from the gate. The young men from their music. The joy of our heart has ceased. Our dance is turned into mourning. The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us, we have sinned. For this our heart is faint for these things. Our eyes are dim. Because of the mountain of Zion, which is desolate, the fox walk upon it. Thou, O Lord, remainest forever. Thy throne from generation to generation. Wherefore, dost thou forget us forever and forsake us for so long time? Our text is verse 21. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. And here's our message. Return and renew our days as of old. Renew our days as of old. I love reading history. I love reading the history of old time religion. I love reading history of revival. I love reading history of the church, the New Testament church. I believe every young preacher that's listening, you ought to just immerse yourself in our heritage, old time religion, independent, fundamental, separated, holy Baptist churches. I believe it's important for you young men. Stop reading the compromisers and I, how, how important it is that we be returned to the days of old, the days of, the days of Spurgeon, the days of Moody, the days of John the Baptist, the days, the days when Gypsy Smith would preach and Billy Sunday would preach, the old sawdust trail where a million people walked the aisle. I want to say, I want to return to the, the, those days of old. I want to return to the days of old in America when we, we fought our politicians were great and we prayed for them and we stood and we honored that flag. We didn't sit on the flag. We didn't dishonor the flag. We didn't take a knee when the flag was raised. We love America. And I want to say tonight, I'm going on the record that I believe a, I believe a wave is sweeping over America. I love it. I love it so very much. Let's bow for prayer. And Brother Bertram, if you'll lead us in prayer, I appreciate you. Grandpa had another grandbaby his family did this week. We're so very thankful for you. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your great love for us. Lord, thank you that in you we have hope. Hmm. Though things may appear dim, when we look at it through your eyes and through your perspective, there's always hope. And I pray that tonight that you might begin that work of renewing us, 
and uh, reviving us. Lord, may the days which lie ahead be the greatest days this church has ever known. For your honor and for your glory, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says, and by the way, I like it when you say amen like that. That's okay. And uh, that'll be all right. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord. We'll get to this verse in a little bit. And we shall be turned. Here it is. Renew our days as of old. Renew our days as of old, like it was. There's nothing wrong with heritage. There's nothing wrong with the way it was in mama and daddy's era and grandma and grandpa's era and great grandparents. Nothing wrong as it was in the days of Ronald Reagan and Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. Nothing wrong when we were given by James Madison the Constitution of the United States of America. Days of old, Woodrow Wilson, our president said this, a nation which does not remember what it was yesterday does not know what it is today. No wonder why we have bought into, in some places, in some arenas in this country, socialism. Because we don't know what America is all about. No country in all the world like America. God, God shed his grace on this country. It was birthed by God and religious freedom. We must know our heritage. And each time that we have forgotten our heritage, God has allowed us to experience something that will drive us back. Yes, yes. The, the virus is going to, by his grace, drive us back. Our heritage, our heritage is on our coins. In God, we trust. Our heritage is on our currency. In God, we trust. Our heritage is in the pledge. One nation under God. Indivisible. Our, our heritage is when a president our leader is sworn into office and they put their hand on the Holy Bible. And I want to say to this date, every president that put his hand on a Bible and has always to this date been a King James Bible. When we have a Congress like no other country in the world where the Senate has a chaplain paid for by government expense and that chaplain meets three days a week for prayer and Bible say four days a week for the Senate. And those senators have witnessed, and I've heard them with my own ears in a room where they said, we go to Bible study with our chaplain. When the house has their own chaplain four days a week, when the maintenance people on the Capitol have their own chaplain that prays and works with them, I want to say thank God for a country like that that still believes in prayer. Every time Congress meets every day, they have a word of prayer, and a prayer is often. Thank God for the fact that we open Congress in prayer. John Quincy Adams said, Our children, our children will never know how much it has cost my generation to preserve their freedom. That's a big statement. They'll never know what my generation. I tell you, I feel like my generation has failed this present world that we're in. My generation was the hippie movement. We wanted it our way. We wanted to go our way. We wanted to live like we, if it feels good, you just go ahead and do it. 
and we disgraced the flag and we disgraced our schools and we disgraced the police officers and called them pigs and we disgraced authority and we disgraced our courts and we disgraced our bodies by in shooting into our bodies and inhaling drugs and drink and alcohol and uh, filthiness and godless living. I tell you what, we forgot our heritage and we're passing it down. But there's one voice here and many others I know as well that by the grace of God, they're gonna know that we're gonna do our best in whatever days lie ahead to pass down a great generation of holiness and godliness and the New Testament local church. Our framers to our constitution, if you'll read the framers and read of them and read the Federalist Papers and read the constitution, they believed in a limited government. A limited government. That's an amen right there. And I know this is an old statistic. It was from 2013. But for the 21 years up to 2013, from 1993 to 2013, our Congress made rules and regulation 87,282 rules for the people. You know what we ought to do with nearly every one of them? Shred them. Now, I'm not talking about anarchy. We have to obey them. We can shred them through the poll box and vote people out. Our Constitution says that. When people begin to take their government and they begin and become tyrants over us, we need to get rid of them because it says, we the people. It is not we the government. It is we the people. It is not government's job to feed us, to clothe us. It is not really their job to educate us. It's not their job to pay our college bill. It's not their job to provide housing in San Francisco and bring, bring them a check as they're paying for 1,700 rooms and bring them a check and bring them their groceries and bring them their food every day and bring them drugs and bring them alcohol and bring them cigarettes daily. That's not government's job. They're destroying the masculinity of man. Man was created to work. And if a man will not work, he should not work, should not eat. We say, well, my goodness, pastor, you're, you're acting like America was all Christian. Let me read to you 1620 when the pilgrims came to establish what they said, a, a country based on the Bible. King James said this, King James the first, not the Bible, but King James the first said this, I confirm as they were setting sail and committed them to advance the enlargement of the Christian religion to the glory of God Almighty. That's why they came here. Rhode Island's charter. Rhode Island was the first place on planet Earth to declare religious liberty that a man would not have to be under state religion. But Rhode Island declared that you can be free to choose how to worship, to worship or not to worship. Rhode Island said this in 1683, we submit, and this is in their charter, we submit our persons, our lives, our estates unto the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to all Who's, who is perfect and absolute laws given to us in his holy word, the Bible. I love that. But where are we today? 
Well, if you look, and I'll get to my text in a moment, but if you look in Lamentations 4, I'll tell you what we're doing. Lamentations 4, 6, we're redefining marriage. For the punishment of the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom. God, God, God's saying, when you begin to de- redefine what I've created, you are blaspheming my holy name. God created, now what is there? Is it 13, 17, 23 different types of genders they've come up with? No, there's a man and there's a woman created by God. We have begun to We are the leader in slaughtering babies more than any other nation in the world. Miss Treber and I got married. It was illegal to have an abortion. The next year, 1973, it became legal. I want to just put it in perspective. I did this personal count on my own. I found out how many babies we've aborted and killed since 1973, and of course, you know the numbers, 64 million people. But I try to put in perspective in my mind and wonder how many people that would be that we would have to slaughter in our country just to equal 64 million. I did the personal count. I did the personal research. It means we'd have to kill every single person to get up to 64 million in the state of Oregon, the state of Washington, the state of Nevada, the state of Montana, Idaho, New Mexico, Utah, Wyoming, Arizona, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Colorado, Oklahoma, Iowa, Minnesota, Kansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Missouri. We'd have to take those 20 states and go through the streets and homes and slaughter every single person, leaving us with 30 states to equal how many we have slaughtered since 1973. Now, ladies and gentlemen, something's wrong with that. That is not our heritage. In our heritage, the Constitution, which I have right behind me here, it says life, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Why? Because we were anchored in Jesus who is the way, the truth, the life. He is all about life. How tragic today. As I mentioned, we're handing out drugs. Government is handing out drugs. How sad it is we're releasing the felons and arresting the law-abiding citizens. How sad that we're rejecting the house of God How sad that we're attacking preachers on the internet that are trying to preach the gospel. How sad it is our church has become soft. I was reading, this was birthed this week on Monday morning in my office. I was reading in my Bible reading time and I was going through the book of Romans and I got to chapter one and God said I had to give them up because of their filthiness and their sin. I challenge you to read that this week. I want you to know that we live in a day that is, is so contrary to what was given to us, but it can turn around. I believe that tonight. It can turn around. Our text in chapter number five, the Bible says, turn thou us unto thee, Lord. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord. 
and we shall be turned. Renew our days. Here it is. Renew our days as of old. I want you to notice in verse number, that verse where we just read. I want you to notice it says, turn us. Turn us. Turn thou us. God, God, will you turn us? This virus has been good for me. I've had so much alone time. I've had time to look at my life. God has revealed so much to me that needs to be right. I'm not talking about my brother nor my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. I walk to the day that God takes me home by way of the rapture or by way of the grave. I want to be renewed, restored, and I'm saying, God, turn me. Turn me. Search me, oh God. See if there be a wicked way in me. Guard my, guard my lips so that I don't fuel a fire that I don't need to fuel. Guard my lips so that I say what I need to say with all boldness. Oh, dear God, may every word count for thee. I'm saying, God, will you turn me? Will you convict me? And when you convict me by the Holy Spirit of God, hour by hour, day by day, moment by moment, dear God, may I listen to you? May I bow my knee and say, dear God, I have sinned. I want God to turn me. I want God to call out my sin. I want God to say, Jack, that was wrong. Get it right with me. Not only do we ask God to turn us, but you notice that we ought to do our part as well. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. God will turn us. He will turn us. But it's up to you and it's up to me to turn yourself as well. God, work in my heart. Do what you need to do. God, and I don't mean it lightly, God used the virus to work on my heart. Oh, I want, I want my life to count for God more than I've ever counted. I want to know that God turned me, but I want Jack Treber to turn before God too. I don't want to be able to say I humble myself before him. And then he said, and return our days of old, take us back to our heritage. I want our schools, Brother Fenera, I see over there, and we've already talked about this. I want our school to have heritage like we've never had it, and it's always been great. I want us to understand our heritage. I want us to see it on videos and films and various things that we can see. I want us to see it in the parchments and the papers. I want them to know the presence like never before. I want them to know the history. I want them to know that we're a republic. We're not a democracy. I want them to understand these things so very much. But here's the tragedy, verse 22. But thou hast utterly rejected us. And thou art very wroth against us. Why? Because they never would break. Don't blame God. Don't blame God on all this mess that we see. It's up to you and it's up to me. I brought with me an article that I have. I want to read it. In 19th century, this is talking about New York, Manhattan, 1857. In 1857, the spirit conditions in the United States had deteriorated. People were making money hand over fist. When they did, they turned their backs on God. But a man of prayer, you maybe have studied him, Jeremiah Lamprier. 
He started a prayer meeting in an upper room in a building at a Dutch Reformed church in Manhattan. He advertised the prayer meeting in 1857 saying, say, we need to go to God in prayer. And I beg you to join with me in prayer. Said it all over Manhattan. The first prayer meeting was held. They had six, six, one, two, three, four, five, six people show up. Six people showed up. And that was it. One million people living in Manhattan, 1857. And six people showed up for prayer. He had let the churches know. He let the congregations know. He let the people of God know in that city. And six showed up. But they prayed and they prayed with fervency, those six. Next week when they met, the following week they had 14. The third week they had 23. The famed newspaper editor, Horace Greeley, he sent a reporter around with a horse and buggy riding around to see at the noon hour how many men were praying. In one hour, he got to 12 meetings, but there were meetings all over. And of those 12 meetings, he counted 6,100, 6,100 men praying at lunch in Manhattan. Began to become a landslide. Churches were open all the time for prayer. Early in the morning, the noon hour, 6 o'clock at night, late at night, and people were flooding into their churches and to the parks and their home praying that God would send a mighty revival to their area. Soon, people were getting converted. They were averaging 10,000 people a week trusting Christ as Savior. They said all throughout New England, you could hear the church bells ringing 8 o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock at noon, 6 o'clock in the evening. Revivals broke loose. The Baptists had so many people to baptize, they could not baptize them all, so they went down to the river and they they took a big square in the ice and opened it up and baptized people by the thousands in those cold waters those winter. After one year of prayer, beginning with six people, after one year in Manhattan, one million people were converted to Christ. The revival broke out, not only in the New England area, and all throughout the Atlantic, but it also went across the sea to Ireland and Scotland and Wales and England and South Africa and India. And that revival was felt for 40 years. America has lived through three major massive revivals. I really believe I do. I really believe that God could send revival one more time. And may it, may it start in the least likely place, liberal California, godless, 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 godless Silicon Valley, where we have so much money in this area, we don't need God. At least that's how many live. But oh, how we need God. And we've never needed God more than we do. Wouldn't it be great if God would send the revival beginning on these parking lots? And we move in there 
and every 3,000 seat in that auditorium were filled. And wouldn't it be great if men's prayer meeting turned out to be men and boys and young people praying and begging God that God would do something again. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.